Aloha and welcome fellow multidimensional travelers of this holographic matrix. Thank you so much for joining. My name is Brendan, aka Mystic Spider-Man. This is a very special community discussion on exploring the conscious themes of the matrix resurrection. I'm joined on air here today by some fellow conscious creators and spiritual seekers. I'm just going to bring everybody up on camera. Guys, feel free to say hello and wave to the camera to all the people who are joined in. Uh, we're going to get right into the discussion just as a quick intro. This is kind of like a special event that we're doing in collaboration with Paradigm Shift Central and also our good buddy, Craig. And if you guys haven't met Craig, Craig does some awesome breath work within the UK and online. I'm going to pass it to him in a second. He's going to welcome you into this event because both of us were planning on doing this discussion event. And then we just decided to be able to collaborate on this as well. And uh, yeah, again, the intention here, this is about being able to celebrate what the Matrix films mean to us, the conscious themes within them, the spiritual understones, the metaphysical analogies. And this is obviously a movie that is near and dear to our heart. I'm sure many of us saw this movie when we were probably like, you know, in our youth. And uh, it definitely made an impression on us and now here we are with the the fourth one coming out we'll get into a bit of the discussion with uh without getting too heavy into spoilers so for those of you who are still curious about the film maybe you'll just want to listen for the first little bit hear a little bit about what some people think about it and then we'll get into a little bit more of the spoiler territory and dive deep into some of the conscious themes as well. Uh, other than that, quick housekeeping notes, feel free to click the info in this video on YouTube for any of the links to some of the fellow conscious creators and the people within the broadcast, as well as through Paradigm Shift Central Discord, Craig's content as well, and everything else that you need to know. So with that said, we'll, uh, we'll pass it over to Craig and let Craig do a proper introduction here as well. And thank you again, everyone, so much for joining in. For those of you on YouTube, feel free to leave your comments. And uh, yeah, Craig, go ahead and uh, feel free to just kind of do an introduction and share a little bit about your uh, intentions and motivation behind creating this event and happy to be able to have you here and happy to collaborate so go ahead brother welcome yeah man same thank you for the the opportunity it's great to, to collaborate and the the philosophies behind the movies and the way you see things it's very aligned to myself so to be able to sell this event very like-minded people here so thanks for all for joining some good friends here so appreciate you guys all being here to add your two cents some wonderful minds i can't wait to hear your opinions and views on this film and the movie for me is just the, the whole Matrix saga is something that's it, it helped my train, my thought of mind open up and expand. And seeing how layered somebody, the Wachowskis, had the foresight to layer these films again and again. And the amount of times I've watched the first one, countless. I mean, I love cinema, love philosophy, love consciousness. And this film is my all-time all favourite. I enjoyed the sequels as well. I thought they were great. They got a bit of slack when they first come out with the reviews. They weren't as well received. In my opinion, that's depending which eyes you're viewing the movies through. If it's looking for the entertainment, the CGI, the action, etc., which I saw the first time when I was like 16 or something going through those films, taking a break, watching those movies through different shifts within my own life, having my own consciousness experiences and some pretty, pretty far out trippy experiences, which helped put the frame that I would see those movies in a completely different light. I'm really using it as a frame of reference are uh, multiple narratives. It ties into me with lucid dreaming. It ties into expanded consciousness, into simulation theory, into your ability to create your own life. I very much see Neo as the representation that you are the one about all of us as an individual, how much we have against us in the form of people who would be asleep, um, or not quite on that level of understanding our consciousness yet. Everybody develops in their own time, of course. Uh, also hitting those points where you get stuck and not following that right rabbit, rabbit enough, even though the signs are constantly around us and reflecting on the characters in our life, the people in our life who help or who hinder, which comes from ourselves as well with our ability to triumph or ability to get stuck 
and how much fire we have burning to understand the truth, to find the answers, to discover what the matrix is first, and then recognize your own power and your greatness and awareness and what the red pill is to us and how we discover our red pill. So many things that we're going to dive into through this. Um, my thoughts on Matrix 4, I think it's come at the right time. There's been, what, a 22-year gap. The movie came out in here, the December the 22nd. Lots of twos going on again. Again, synchronicity, numbers knocking around. You read the numbers, you can, you can follow the kind of energy behind that. But having that 20-year gap, I, I would consciously question, why now? Why has this movie come out now? To a point where we maybe watch this film at a first point, woke up a little bit, perhaps we've gone back to sleep, perhaps now in this time with what's going on, we need to wake up again. Here's some form of media, because I believe the universe and life just wants consciousness to rise and to wake up. That will do it not just through scriptures and holy texts and spiritual means in the traditional sense, but through whatever life presents, through a flower, through your neighbor, through a movie, through social media, through a book, whatever it is. And fortunate enough and blessed to have the eyes to connect to this film. God, the amount of revelations it gave me the first time. I can't deny it. My eyes welled up four times watching this movie. The second time it happened, it was still connecting. It was touching something, not through knowledge or mind, but through feeling, just knowings. And I was like, transformational experiences, which happen through what we're witnessing. And it can be anything. So it was this movie for me. Absolutely loved it. Stayed away from reviews and everything. But when I got to watch it, incredible. I'm so happy they've made it. So happy it's come out. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Can't wait to dive into it more. Let's hear from some other people. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. And I'll just uh, add in a couple things and then we'll pass it to whoever wants to go next. So whoever wants to go next, just go ahead and put your hand up. And uh, and, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll go around the circle as much as we can. And at this point, we'll just avoid spoilers. So feel free to just kind of share a little bit about, you know, even just the, the broader saga of how the Matrix uh, has played a role within your journey of awakening. And again, you know, just real quick, like, on my YouTube channel, one of the things that I've always done in the past is uh, create like conscious movie reviews. And I always talk about this idea that, you know, like the silver screen, the movie, the movie theater, the silver screen, like it is a way for us to see more of ourselves. And so when you look at these movies, you know, are they just like, you know, just like Hollywood just making movies and big productions just making movies? Yeah, it's part of it. But at the same time, kind of what Craig was alluding to, there's also this ability for consciousness to kind of speak through the movies. And so a lot of these movies, it's consciousness doing what it can to help wake itself up. And so I think within this movie, it's interesting because like even with some of the reviews, I think, you know, what Craig said, you know, like stay away from the reviews to the best of your ability in today's society, you can't expect everyone to like everything. Um, does this movie kind of have its weak points in some ways compared to others? Personally, like I, I would have a hard time just me personally saying that like, I like think this movie is a perfect movie. I do think there are some parts in, in seeing this movie where I was just kind of like, oh, like I could feel like it was like a little kind of like it didn't have the same kind of like life to it that the other ones had. But if anything, that just speaks so strongly to the other ones. But I mean, hey, given the circumstance and given the that all the things that they were working with, I still think they created something really, really powerful. And for me, looking at the subtext and the esoteric messages of this movie, I think there's some very, very powerful themes. Um, the one thing that I'll just allude to that I think makes this movie kind of, it's it's been throughout the entire trilogy, but this one really kind of leans into it. And this isn't spoilers, but it's just part of the bigger mythos um, is this idea of kind of 
of like twin flames and soulmates and this bond between Trinity and Neo and how that really kind of encapsulates this journey that we are experiencing as a collective consciousness of like the rising of the divine masculine and feminine marriage. Um, so that for me is a theme that within this one, like watching it with my partner really kind of like spoke to me. But nonetheless, we'll get into more of the themes a little bit later on. And again, I think these movies in themselves are worth looking at um, through that metaphysical lens, because I think on the surface, it's easy for people to see these and just be like, oh, that's maybe it's kind of like silly and weird and stupid. But it, honestly, I feel like this movie, it's almost like we'll talk about this, but it's almost like some parts it's like it's like wait was it like trying to be satirical like it was almost like it was it was so meta to the point where like it kind of like I could see where some people might get put off by it but nonetheless we'll dive into a little bit more um who would like to be able to go next and again let's just go over some general thoughts and then within the next 10 minutes we'll open up into spoilers and for those of you in the YouTube chat uh please feel free to leave your comments down below and absolutely the big thing I'll just say like with these movies I like to look at them as like the narrative of the dreamer awakening within the dream and and that for me is like such a powerful theme and we see that a lot within uh, within this one. And as Craig alluded to, I think it, it is powerful to, to note that, you know, much like how Neo woke up in the first one, like any of us, the awakening process isn't just this one and done thing. It's something that you work on each and every single day. And, and based on the environment you're in, it's natural for your own awakening po process to atrophy. So I think there's a very, very common story between what Neo is experiencing and what we're experiencing, where we kind of get like, you know, just kind of like bogged down with the with the things that we have to carry the responsibilities that we have to navigate through and we kind of get disconnected from our own metaphysical spiritual connection but having the community and having the narrative and having the story that we can see ourselves within I think is a very very powerful part um to be able to bring it back to that but anyways I'm gonna take these uh, I can't commit to wearing those glasses the entire time, but nonetheless you guys get the point um let's keep passing things around who would like to be able to go next I know Derek probably has something to say so maybe we pass it to Derek um and then Candace if you want to go after that and again anybody else just go ahead and raise your hand in the chat or even just type in the chat and we'll pass it over to you guys as well so Derek we'll pass it over to yeah, you yeah I'll go after oh, okay good I'll go second perfect all right so we'll pass over to Derek Derek's just on microphone and then we'll pass yep. over to Candace go ahead Derek Mike check one two and two how's it going everyone um I like what I like the takes on it uh I guess we're not doing any details right now so just general impression I personally loved it I'm a bit of a stand with Wachowskis and with Matrix and I feel like this was, they did the only thing they could have done to still blow people's minds while expecting the same thing. I think there's a lot of irony in that anyone looking to watch The Matrix in 2021 is going to hope, have these preconceived notions and expectations riding on the film. And the directors were very aware of that. And so they had to do things that were unconventional and go against their own script and go against their own cultural capital. And just in, in a nutshell, I found this is the happiest, funniest matrix. It was the greenest in terms of nature specifically. And they did a lot of things that you would never expect the matrix to do, which is par for the course in terms of destroying expectations, expanding what you previously thought was possible, where a movie would reach out and speak to you. Or in, in my impression, I feel like it reaches through the screen and kind of slaps you a little bit. And that might only be for some people, but also it, it speaks to you in a different way. And I felt, so it was kind of like a warm hug. I felt it was really uplifting. I can definitely understand where some people wouldn't be on board with all the meta critique and some of the things they did without going into details. But that with that being said, if you went into it with no expectations and just, and also knowing the context. Um, for those who didn't know, I guess, 
Lana Wachowski lost both her parents and one of her good friends in a short period of time. And so this was kind of a catharsis for her. And so there's a lot, it's very personal, I found. And if you're not watching with your heart open, if you're just looking for the head vibes, the third eye, the, the metaphysical, philosophical, big themes and big picture, there's a lot of that in there. But I feel like this one requires you to watch with your heart as well. And also know a little bit of the background with what went on behind making the movie to put it into context, because a lot of the characters aren't just saying things that fit within the context of the movie, but they're saying things kind of meta critiques or commentary representing the directors, representing certain fan groups, representing different demographics and what they took from the original matrix. And it's very self-referential in that case. Anyway, loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I think that most of the people who didn't love it probably didn't get it on some level or had expectations that weren't met. And I think that's more on the fans than the director. And the director did a good job of flipping a middle finger just pretty much everywhere. So Thank leave you, it Derek. at that for now. Come back to it. Hope everyone oh. else liked it. Derek, thank you so much, man. Looking forward to hear more of what you have to share once we get into the spoilers. And uh, yeah, definitely. I think this is a movie that you definitely need to watch with your heart and kind of go in without expectation to appreciate it for what it is. Candace, we'll pass it over to you. And then whoever wants to go next, just go ahead and put your hand up now or just wait and then we'll pass it over to you. So Candace, go ahead. What were your general thoughts without getting into spoilers? I um, won't uh, get into spoilers till later, but my general thought of the movie um, was really uh, cool and really loving because it took you, it took me, it took, uh, it takes, it took a person on a journey on um, some, on a conscious level that they don't even know exists, but their higher self, their higher conscious knows exactly what it's like because it's just life is, is always changing. Is never the same. So I'll leave it there. I have more to say, but for now, <laughs> I'll just leave it there. But I'll, I'll get, say more in the spoiler <laughs> portion. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Candace. And yeah, I, I definitely do think that this movie, like, even if people don't like, like, understand it with their mind it says something to their soul and 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 that's where kind of like even the first matrix i'm sure a lot of us when we saw it like a lot of us were like young teenagers i assume right so like when we saw it it was one of those movies that i know for me like after I saw it the first time, I knew it was important, but I couldn't fully understand what it was and why. And it wasn't until I started to get older and then I started to look back on it. And now I think even for this one, you know, like, like even for this one, like kind of getting into a little bit of spoiler. So at this point, we're kind of moving into the spoiler conversations, a couple little themes, um, you know, for this one, when I first started watching it, I'm like, I'm like, wait a second, like, as the story started unfolding, I'm like, 
I'm like, this is like, this is like almost like a movie of like the rising like light worker army. Like, like that's kind of what I saw it as. I saw it as like that next generation of the people that were inspired by the first movie who are kind of coming into their fruition of conscious leaders who are continuing to fulfill the roles of, Ma- of, of Neo and Trinity to help awaken more people within the matrix. And again, we'll kind of get more into the analogies of how the movie is actually very, very uh, much more real than, than we think it is. So um, let's keep things going along. Steven, did you want to jump in i know you put your thumb up there i wasn't sure but if if so yeah feel free to go and and then uh again at this point if you guys want to start getting into loose spoilers feel free and then we'll get into full spoilers shortly so steven go ahead welcome hi uh, thanks for the thanks for the space so no spoilers for me because i've only watched half of the movie last night actually whilst i was trying to fall asleep um, <laughs> but a couple of things that um like what candy said with regards to and and yourself brendan with regards to you kind of watch something and you kind of appreciate on the face value, but there are things that you kind of take on, the unconscious takes on that are kind of like percolating, I guess, over time. And um, yeah, the first three movies certainly have a lot of that for me. Um, I guess what seems to be interesting at the moment is, so recently I have been thinking a lot about Soulmates and how do we know that Soulmates is an actual thing? I mean, we only know things from our kind of current experience. So it was interesting to hear a couple of, I think it might have been Craig who mentioned that thing about Soulmates or maybe new Brandon. Um, so I'm quite intrigued to see what people have to say about this. Um, yeah, I'll kind of leave it there because I haven't seen the movie. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. And uh, from there, whoever else would like to just be able to share some general thoughts. And then uh, if you guys want to hold off until we get into the spoiler, that's fine. So any general thoughts? Keyway, we'll pass over to you next. Go ahead, dude. Welcome. Yeah, just some quick thoughts. Uh, well, first, I'm a big fan and Matrix is personally my favorite movie. But uh, I personally, I also, like, I was lucky enough to study this like it was one of the films that I studied in a film class in university all the way back 20 years ago, I guess, 22, as Craig said, good number. Um, and it, I was lucky that it gave me some great depth, even more depth than I would have saw if I just saw The Matrix. And I just, I, I was concerned when I saw they were making another Matrix because the end, it was like, I don't want them to tarnish the brand and all that, but I was, pleasantly surprised and entertained and I liked a lot of the themes that they came up with when you're talking yeah we'll get into that but um yeah uh, and they had some wowing that's a couple of things that just some of the stuff was just some really cool stuff that they added some new tweaks and new ways of doing things and yeah so I really enjoyed it I know there was some parts that I was like oh, I'm not sure if that really solves in it or the piece fits in but I might have missed something, but I loved it and watched it a couple times. So, and I think it's definitely enriching and a good, it was relevant for the times I thought too, very much so. Yeah, so that's about it for now, but yeah. Awesome, thank you. Thank you, Kiwi. Uh, Brie, we can pass it over to you if you'd like to go next and then anybody else, feel free to just raise your hand within Zoom. So Brie, when you're ready, go right ahead, welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so similar to what uh, Kiwi just shared, um, I felt kind of lucky because around the first Matrix and then the second one, um, I was studying philosophy um, at high school and then I went on to study physics. So I was like digging into, you know, questioning the nature of reality and I was so excited by these films. 
and I think at the time I felt kind of smug because I felt like I could kind of get it um but maybe at an intellectual level and then as I've continued on my journey really um continuing to question things often to the extent of like an existential crisis you know and, and feeling lost um but also feeling like there's a nice line from the film which is uh, I don't think a spoiler to share but it's near the beginning of saying the more I looked the more I found and they're like story of my life and I was like yes that's what it's been like for me so I think for me uh, the matrix as a cultural touchstone has been so helpful um to not feel just like lost and disillusioned and afraid and to know that um to question conditioning to question what we're seeing around us but not coming from a place of paranoia you know but just like a deeper curiosity and this idea that teachers are there all around us um this deeper pursuit of truth and freedom which features in all the films and the like pervasiveness of the human spirit and principles like love, you know, like really burning so bright in all the films. So I would say that they've all, um, The Matrix has been an amazing film for probably bringing to the masses so much of what maybe a smaller number of people might sit with. Um, and I was really excited to see uh, the fourth one and I'm still digesting it now. And um, I feel like there's there's so much of what it was referencing that's happening in day to day life that I was like, ooh, that's really on the nose. So I'm excited to uh, explore it together today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, Bree. And uh, with that said, we can um, just again do one more pass if there's anybody you just wanted to share before we get into the spoilers. And then I'm going to pass it over to Craig, and then we'll just kind of like move into uh, more of the in depth uh, themes of the of the movie. So I think we're I think we're ready to do that. And and again, you know, like. I'd love to just be kind of be able to like, as we move into the fourth one, really just give people a chance, especially those of you who have seen the movie to kind of like share, you know, like, like, what is this movie actually talking about? You know, like, like, what is it an allegory for? And, and so I think when you look at this movie, um, we are fortunate to, to have the Matrix movies, considering the idea that, you know, the Wachowskis who made them are very self-aware, are very conscious, you know, and, and, and if you need a testament to that, like, take a look at their other works, you know, take a look at Cloud Atlas, take a look at Jupiter Ascending, which again, you know, people have mixed reviews of that. Take a look at Sense8, like this, like Sense8 is a great series, if you haven't seen that, some like very, very powerful, like soul themes and love themes in that and themes of freedom and truth, very much like it was kind of like a, like a, like it was almost like a relative to the matrix and then it's interesting because this movie felt like sense eight in a lot of ways and i'm sure if those of you have seen sense eight you'll kind of know what i mean um just kind of like in some like the style of the production and also like the story and the realness of it that was the one thing that i noticed with this movie um especially kind of and again getting into spoilers here um it felt like like it really brought more emphasis on making it relatable to kind of like the real relationships that people had within the movie such as like trinity um in the relationship between her and her family and everything like that. Um, I thought that was really, really interesting as well. But um, again, I'd love to even just kind of like take a step back here and really just look at like what the Matrix movies are trying to tell us. And so, you know, from a cyberpunk perspective, like this is a very fascinating story of this idea of a, of a you know, a technological dystopian future where machines have taken over and now they've put us inside of a program and we don't realize we're inside of a program and the truth of what we are living isn't the full truth. However, how does this apply to the actual reality of what we are in. Well, first of all, I think what's worth doing, and I'll just say this and I'll pass over to, to Craig, 
the word matrix, it's really interesting because a lot of people, they, they don't even really know what the word matrix means. Sometimes they think of matrix and they usually associate it with like system, computers, programs, things like that, which makes sense. But at the same time, the word matrix actually comes from the root word matriarch, mother. And so the word matrix actually refers to womb. The, the literal word of matrix refers to womb. So when you think of this, this idea that, you know, it's like, oh, we're in the matrix right now. Are we in a matrix? What is the matrix? Well, whatever it is, it's something that is birthing something. And so within the process of, you know, the matrix of the context of the movie, it is like birthing the evolution of the soul. It is birthing the awakening process of individuals. And so right now, you know, like in the, the analogy between what we're experiencing and what the matrix movies are very just kind of like blowing open this this idea the thing that i've come to understand and eventually and i didn't know this when i first watched a movie it wasn't until i had a lot of my own experience like a lot of like my own even like psychedelic experiences where i was like wait a second like this reality isn't as cut and dry as it appears to be like like what i'm seeing in front of me isn't as solid as it looks. And if anything, it's actually much more dreamlike. And who am I? Am I this physical being inside of this physical dimension? Wait a second. As I started to wake up, I started to realize that I'm actually more of kind of like the avatar playing this, playing this character, which is again, very much like what the, the matrix is about. We as consciousness are kind of like this level up injecting ourselves into this space into this matrix so that we can learn grow experience experience beautiful things experience you know less beautiful things but ultimately to be able to experience nonetheless and so again you know talking about like the metaphor between the matrix and the allegory of plato's cave i think that's great which again is all about questioning the nature of reality looking at the shadows on the wall of the cave thinking they're real and then not realizing until later that those are just projections of something else so is this reality actually a projection of a higher truth a higher consciousness and once you kind of go through your spiritual awakening you start to realize that despite you know the mainstream culture won't really tell you this you'll have to kind of study it on your own and look into different spiritual esoteric practices and and nowadays it's all over the place because people are waking up to it because the truth is arising from within us but we're starting to realize that again you know like like the matrix this reality is like intimately intertwined and 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 that's where again within this movie um the the idea that you know like the love between neo and trinity like transcends any limiting pressure that the matrix puts on it and i think that's a very powerful theme that you know like these these false dichotomies and false illusions that try to separate us from ourselves do not last they will not stand like love trump like love will literally triumph all like it literally like transcends like anything that it gets in his way sort of thing and i think that's kind of um one of the big themes within this movie where you know you see like the new architect the analysis um neil patrick Herrick's character like they want to keep neo and trinity kind of in like this 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 polarity where they're they're close but they're never touching um and this is kind of again like kind of like the yin yang thing where it's like that's like the the experience where you know even right now it's like it's like they want us to kind of like be in this place where it's like it's like we're longing for something but we never really get it they're always like chasing us with this carrot on a stick sort of thing um but again you know there's there's multiple levels of kind of understand and perceive what this movie is actually talking about but i think on um a higher meta level it is like it's beautiful to perceive it through the simple lens of understanding this as like the dreamer awakening within the dream the dreamer awakening to lucidity and thus as they do this they realize that the the space the illusion of separation between themselves and others and other parts of themselves the matrix in itself 
is just that it's an illusion. It turns out it's all us. It's all one. It's all Brahma. It's all Atman. And so in the same way that there is no spoon, again, the going back to the original matrix and we see this within the new one, we realize that it's like, it's all like the power of will. It's the power of the mind. And, and we are much, 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 much more powerful than we realize that we had uh, than what we have been told. So um, with that said, I'll pass it over to Craig. And again, with this, um, I think this movie did a great job of really just kind of like reminding us and be like, oh yeah, like we are powerful and what we need to do now, like we need to find the others and we need to be able to speak our truth, live our truth. And even at the end of the movie, it's like literally just moving towards this narrative where it's just like, as the one, as the Neo, as the Trinity, let's continue to wake up, wake up the, the hero within each and every single one of us. So um, Craig, let's keep passing it around. And, and again, for, for those of you who want to just be able to jump in, just go ahead and raise your hand and we'll pass it over to you and we'll just keep going with that. So Craig, go ahead and, and feel free to just get into spoilers. And again, you know, kind of like stepping back, like what does, what do you see this movie being like a symbol, an allegory for, like what's the deeper metaphysical meaning behind it? Uh, well said there, man. Really, really good points. Um, one thing what you said about Sense8, when I was watching movies, like, where have I seen these guys before? And the whole cast of the crew was sense right? <laughs> they were. It's a and family, then, that's why. Yeah, man, the ties with the Wachowskis and why she's brought them in. It was the um, the coffee server, you know, in, in the Simulate, because he was, uh, I remember him from sense loved that character, very funny guy. And that, that was where it triggers, like, ah, oh, he's from sense and then seeing the rest of him, brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, there was so much in it about what you're saying, I think the reflections on what stops us from recognizing that we are the one or what stops us from alter from recognizing the power and working towards it and seeing the obstacles in Neil's way, like it really represented the misuse of social media to me because any tool we're using uh, is, is used, the results depending on our consciousness, the same way of the, the old story of Fire, you can cook your dinner, you can burn your neighbor's house down. Same with social media, you can do this or you can get lost in a scroll hole for hours and do nothing constructive. And the algorithms, which was the, the analyst, using algorithms to control the mind the same way social media will, it will reflect back at you the pings they were saying in the, in the room when they were thinking, what do they do for the next video game? We need more synapses for the WTF moments or we need more shock moments. And this is all algorithms to pull us in and to keep us fixed on certain things within ourselves and our own um, neural links, but very much externally when it's manipulated against us. And Neo knowing something isn't right, like why, how, you know, he was ready to try and kill himself again for the second time and jump off that roof and, um, you know, driven to that point because he can't figure out because his mind had been played against him whether it was the blue pills and then we saw Neil Patrick Harris, the analyst with the blue glasses, they were playing table tennis, they had blue bats, which for me represented the form of getting lost in entertainment and the discussion, the conversations and him seeing even with somebody who the analyst, the analysis, an analyst was very clever and he could just so easily take Neil's mind and say, oh yeah, well what this is, it's because you're projecting these flaws of your boss onto this character you made called Smith, or you're attracted to this woman, uh, Tiffany, who you've called Trinity. And even my cat was mentioned that you don't like. And it's like, wow, this is what can happen if we're not conscious of the things that we use that will be used against us in a certain way from waking up and from creating this constant conflict and not accepting everything as a whole because we're against 
certain things which can be used so healthily and so well. I really enjoyed that scene when Neo had taken his red pill and he was reaching into the mirror and then Neil Patrick Harris was, he, he proper freaks out. He's like, no, no, you're having a massive breakdown here. Grab my hand, stay with me. Don't, don't let your mind go. And it just made me think of how we sort of recognize um, sort of mental health issues or people who are more in the creative state of mind and a sense of further field of thought than, than logical framework. And even perhaps this conversation or what you see in movie, I'm, I'm sure we've all had these conversations during the process of waking up and, and recognizing the highest state of consciousness that people are like, what are you talking about? You know, and this is another box that they will try to put in, maybe not through malition, but because it doesn't regulate with their sense of understanding. And I think they represent this really well with going towards the end, the, the zombie approach of the 99% and then Neil Patrick Harris's speech at the, at the end of how it will just turn into the swarm and you're kind of in the minority when you're up against the grain in that sense of, of free thought. There are so many obstacles because we're raised that way, the conditions and the traumas that we've took in and even the fear of going alone, you know, and it can take people over the edge, the point in Neo is like, what do I do? I either fly or I fall here. But there's always that saving grace. There's always that other person to help us. And these are in front of us if we can see them. Um, and that was that was a big symbol for me, really, is how powerful it was that they tried to trap him again and again and again to use his energy because he was the algorithm, him and, and Trim were the, were the algorithms. And obviously that was a wonderful part too about they kept close, but not too close because they'll be set free, but close enough to always have this like, I can feel something, more energy, more frustration, more anger, more grief, more sadness, more loss, powers. It's a dark energy power that's powering something. It's going somewhere, be it more money that's spent into finding the fix through entertainment, more um, drugs, alcohol, suppressants, coffees, anything that will keep a stimulation of a positive energy going that isn't found within, a distraction from outside. And yeah, it was really, really powerful to, to witness that and then reflect that in my life, like where am I doing that to myself? Where am I trying to outsource my own energy, my own power? I think the ideas of the, the power of mind that, that you said, Brendan, which we all have within us and for my personal practice of the dream yoga, Tibetan dream yoga and how the in, in the lucid dream state, if you don't believe it, it's not going to happen. If you believe it, it's going to happen. And that is transferable into our life. And they show it so well in the matrixes, even in the first one, clear your mind and believe you can jump. If you don't do it, you're going to fall. And that is exactly where we are. It's more fourth and fifth dimensional awareness third dimensional slower but it's harnessing that energy and going we're creating all of it what we see as an obstacle doesn't have to be an obstacle if we've got a, a higher dimensional of mind or we've achieved something that we've that we haven't yet done is a challenge once you've done it you can fly all the time the ending he hadn't done it for a long long time you know we, we saw what occurred and how it was helped this uniting of the masculine and the feminine again uh, i love the idea that it's the twin flame that was a nice conversation to have I very much internalized it as the polarities within us. Um, but that seems more now, now that it's been mentioned by you guys, that seems more in line with the first trilogy. And this is very much about maybe the other outside and uniting that and having that person to support you when you're like-minded and you're both aligned with the same goals, the same understanding of consciousness and the support and the love, the heart that brings it all through. And yeah, there was some more stuff towards the end, which I'll, I'll talk about if we're breaking into that kind of spoilers, but I'll go into that later. So the whole symbolic of it, of 
also Neil's Neil's control in the subconscious realm was really important like how he'd assisted in really the confusion of the Morpheus character which people were like a bit confused about why is Morpheus like this and what's happened and the fact that Neil's ability of him being the big part of the source code he's affecting the collective consciousness right so he's affecting the matrix not just his own powers and ability but also the creation of the matrix itself because he's that powerful that is what we're all doing collectively too that is why it's quite important where we are with our journeys and that we don't allow ourselves or just to fall back to sleep or fall into the, the darker side of things which is part of the journey of course but when we know what our path is to commit to it because your energy our energy affects the collective consciousness, affects the matrix for everyone. That's wonderful, Craig. Very well said. Um, Bree, we can pass it over to you. I just have to step away for uh, things real quick and then I'll be back in a second. And um, again, we haven't even really like tried giving like a full on synopsis of this movie, but if I were to do it real quick again, like the long story short, it's 20 years later, but it's actually 60 years later. Neo's fallen back into this, back asleep into the matrix, but it's not even the original Neo. They actually recreated the Neo and then the machines are using him to be able to create a new generation of power because since the alliance between the machines and the humans following the end of the third one, a lot of the people left the matrix and then that actually created like a power uh, dynamic shift and then they need to find a new power dynamic shift. And now there's like this new group of young light workers who are inspired by the original matrix and neo's a game designer in this matrix and the previous matrix are a game within this matrix that part was kind of a little confusing i was like i'm like is this supposed to be video game footage was this one of those like game movies where it was like a movie but it was a game and then you press a every once so that part i was kind of like whatever anyways um but again you know i think in one of the ways of looking at this movie it's like what did this movie need to be because when you look at the original it was a reflection of where culture was at the time so obviously 20 years later it needs to be a reflection of where the culture is now now, um, which I again, I think a lot of people probably had trouble digesting this movie, probably because it was like a, a bit of like it was like too close to home. It was almost like a slap in the face. And for people who aren't really ready to look at themselves, they probably weren't able to kind of like process it within the same way. Um, so again, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like this movie will be different depending on the consciousness through which you view it through. Uh, but anyways, let's keep things passing it around. Brie, did you want to go next? And then after that, um, Derek, if you want to jump in after Brie, we can pass it over to, to you next. So um, Brie, you had your hand up earlier. Is that cool? Did you want to go next? If so, yeah. Yeah, sure. Why go not? <laughs> um, I suppose uh, what really leapt out for me um, from uh, Matrix 4 was um, because I'm interested in myself in uh, my own behavior patterns. And there was a, um, a line that Trinity said that really jumped out at me. Um, when she's in her character Tiffany and she's questioning her desire to have children and asking like is that something that she really wants or is that desire something that's been programmed and I think that so often in life we are stuck in these behavioral loops and we are just following on the conditioning that's been given to us like in our DNA as like a young child we're programmed by our peers our parents like society and so this this really like deeper inquiry into like what do you actually really want and and do you have full agency um over the decisions that we're making you know we know that so much of um our our experience is subconscious like we're not aware and that also came up you know uh, near the beginning of the film and was referenced throughout this um this illusion of choice this illusion of choice and for me throughout all the matrix films it brings into question you know um this kind of meta matrix and um 
just questioning the layers of reality um and the, yeah the illusion of choice i think that's something that i'd be interested to hear other people's thoughts on and thinking about destiny versus like free will and how much can we actually influence or how much i say we i'm start, stepping away from the film now but it's uh, thinking about like your own life and your own free choices and and following um trying to tap into your own deeper truths. Like Brendan said at the start, like you may not understand it at an intellectual level, but it speaks to you at a deeper level. And I think sometimes following the feelings um, in this animal body, this squishy body that we're given, um, that it's through that, that we can sort of start to tap into what is true for us, but we need to figure out all, all the, uh, or work our way through all the layers of conditioning and lo lots of unlearning. But in doing so, we end up feeling really lost, like Neo, feeling really alone, um yeah so i feel like it mirrors my own journey so much um so yeah i'd be interested to know what other people think about this whole choice free will um and how that shows up for you know the direction of our life and are we being guided by authentic um tr true values like platonic values or are these just impulses um that are embedded within us through the matrix Thank you. Thank you, Brie. Unfortunately, I only caught the tail end of that, but I'm sure it was amazing. Um, Derek, unless Craig, did you want to reply to anything before we pass over to Derek? Yeah, yeah. With what Brian was saying there, it, it does come up a few times about the, the choice of, you know, it was funny because I reflected differently on it from the first one. They very much talk about the choice and then the Oracle in the second uh, movie is going, well, you've already made the choice and you need to understand why you made it. And watching this the fourth movie put a great reflection on what it means that you've already made the choice because it was seeing that in another way which I hadn't thought about before is you are already a certain way so when I mean Niobe was really good reflections on her choices and trying to stay in control of uh, Ion that she'd made uh, sorry Io from Zion like she got rid of the war they're making sure he's now let's stay safe rather than free more minds and that brings in again this conflict of do you, when do you tend to the crops? When do you train for the war? And it's not one's better than the other. It's when's the right time for other, which really brings flow. You know what flow is. It's not, this is better than that. And that's more important. It's now's the time for crops. Now's the time for, for battle and warriorship. But she didn't want to do that again because of the pain. There was attachment to the emotions of what was and wanting to keep what she had. And the is their choice based on that? Or is it because she's been crafted a certain way? That was how she was always going to be. Neo was always going to go and try and break Trinity out regardless of what the cost was, because that's who he is. So then is there free choice? Um, which brings in, again, the, the, the stuff we work with, Brian, with conditioning and trauma and release and understanding that. Is that how we release it? Or are you always going to do the things that you're going to do based on what you are, which makes you think is life scripted in that sense? Are we here for the ride to observe without attachment to what's going on? Or do we get to make those choices? Um, as Neo often says in that film, he doesn't like to think that, it, that there's fate, that he has control over his life. I like to believe the same thing too. Um, I think it's more of an energetical way that you will encounter what you encounter based on your energy. But hey, we're just humans with a mind and there's got to be something greater than us that's controlling things, right? So. Who knows? Who knows?
Awesome. Thank you, Craig. I'll just say real quick and then I'll pass it over to, to Derek. Um, it was interesting because like with this theme that was kind of absent from the previous three, a big theme within this one was the theme of healing. And, and, and I think again, you know, like seeing Neo in the state he was in, like that was kind of hard to see it sometimes because I think in a lot of ways we're just like, oh, like that's relatable. I either see myself in that or maybe I see a friend or a family member in that where Neo was going through these like dark periods of depression. And again, just kind of like questioning their own well-being and insanity and at the same time existing in a system that's only continuing to perpetuate it and only giving them band-aid fixes while never getting to the deep root of the issues um so it was interesting to kind of like see that within this movie both for for neo as well as for trinity it was kind of like this movie of kind of like rekindling but also healing and then also kind of like emerging anew hence resurrections like they literally had to die in order to be kind of like reborn as many of us experienced throughout our lifetime as well um, Derek will pass it over to you and then anybody else after that just go ahead and put your hand up so Derek but anything you want to add in and again we're in spoiler territory so please by all means do it as deep as you want to go cool love it uh, and love it Craig as well I appreciate the end I forget sorry your name Bree before that love it uh, illusion of choice and whether we've already predetermined our own decisions it's not that we didn't have choice it's that we made it a long time ago and now we're just watching it play out I think that's a cool theme and I do think that's present here um I wanted to just touch on Metacritic critiques. And I felt like in watching the last two times, Neo reflects the director's feelings about how the first Matrix was used, modified, kind of bastardized, but also in a genuine way for some people. And I feel like Bugs in that regard represents the rabbit hole runners, digging tr for truth, kind of the true fans who didn't take it out of context, but it did guide them on their path. And I'd say maybe a lot of us fall into that category, if not all of us. And like the nerd guy at the start is that annoying obsessed fan who didn't get it, but just it represents all those things that are just too much. Barney representing the elite, or not Barney, but the analyst, Neil Patrick Harris. And Trinity representing the voice of reason in terms of like questioning, like are these all illusions in your head? And Neo later saying this, it's not a game. It's not like, I thought I was hoping this was just an illusion in my head, but it's turned out to be very, very real. They're now, you know, taken into a real sense. We're, we're trying to forcibly plug people into the matrix and pretend that that's their only choice in real life off screen. Um, I love the theme of silence being emphasized twice, once with Niobe and the other at the very end of the leap of faith where it just cuts to nothing. There's no sound. Um, mental health breakdowns, I think was touched on episodes. What happens when it is real and it's not just an illusion in your head. And I just wanted to highlight, this is one thing I don't think everyone got. And I think you have to take a step out of the movie to realize that it's the blue pill version of the Matrix. Whereas the original one was the red pill. They were breaking ground, they were innovative, they were ingenious in all their applications, using new tech, using new ideas, blending philosophy and action. And because of how that film was a fusion of genres, they caught such a wide audience. Some people just love it for the action, the big, loud and dumb games. And, and some people just love, you know, the, the dark, black pill dystopian tech society. And some people just love the, the philosophy of it, the mind bending, empowering, coming into your own element, standing in your power themes. So I see this as this is a 2021 version where you have to show your Vax pass to see in a theater while wearing a mask. And my own brother afterwards, you know, a few days later is asking me, hey, Derek, why did you, why did so many of you guys not wear a mask on our way? And we went with nine of us and most of us didn't. And it was such a novel treat and privilege to watch this movie among so many people who are wearing a mask and who have bought hook, line, and sinker, all the 
fast food and pop culture and media taglines meant to control us. And now we're watching this movie and maybe it'll reach them. Maybe it won't. But my own brother saying that to me was funny because this is the version of the matrix where 20 years later, you're expecting a reboot that boot that's going to have all the same elements and still blow your mind. So there's a paradox that you still want it to be mind bending while doing the same thing, which is almost impossible, except that I feel they actually did it. And some of the ways that they did this is Neo being an impotent hero, taking blue pills, drinking, having steak, coffee, just regular benign pedestrian things like regular, the machine sentience are now allies in some levels, at some levels, nature is resurrected. I know that there's not a single plant in the first three movies. And this one had plenty of plants and natural scenes and just warmer colors. Smith being an ally, um, Neo being done with fighting. So trying to get past fighting, being more defensive, more passive, bullet time being used against Neo. And then that this is no longer one person's story. It's not an ego coming into the heart. It's, it's everyone collectively coming together as a collective effort to push back against what could be, you know, a landslide. So they, they have Morpheus, they have to get Morpheus and then they get Morpheus to get Neo and then they have to get Neo to get Trinity, but they also need help from the sentience. They need help from Smith. They need help from even the analyst in some ways, he gives them a chance after the one scene with Trinity and the bullet time. And then also as part of this, people have started to try and run with this as a trans politics theme. And I found that that was kind of glaringly absent in this. There's no trans characters. There's nothing, nothing really on the LGBT side of things that is very prominent in Sense8, which I'm a big fan of. Nothing, you know, nothing against it, but it, they didn't make that a focal point in any way where I think a lot of people in the LGBT community were looking to run with this as their, you know, I've seen tweets about it being a religion joke. And then this being Trinity's story and that it kind of only is revealed towards the end part of it. Um, and then just, I, I feel like there's some Sensei fans here. There's a lot of tie-ins and Easter eggs and sharing consciousness between tw Trinity and Bugs at the very end, I feel like is a direct nod to Sense8 where they're swapping in and out of each other's abilities. Um, the head and heart layers, the messages, it's not just for your head anymore. I think Sense8 kind of brought that where it's a warmer, more human grounded version. Tom Tyker doing the score is the same person who did Cloud Atlas and Sense8. And there's less of a, a bumping soundtrack. There's less songs in this aside from White Rabbit. It's more just orchestral. And then the casting, there's a ton of sensei characters. The Root of All Evil is a movie playing at the very start. You'll just catch it for a clip. Uh, Bug, the funny guy, Bug from Sensei, the guy who Agent Smith transforms into, is like, you've always been, you know, you've always been, um, anyone can be you, whereas I, I can be anyone. And then he just transforms and Bug's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> and then Lexi's hair, the eight loop on both sides of her head. And then the key shop which is a kind of a nod to the Keymaker as well as Wolfgang and Felix from Sensei. Uh, and then the last thing I just wanted to say where I feel like a lot of people didn't get this, but I thought it was funny, it, it tangents off of the blue pill version where if you want the red pill version, nothing's gonna compare to the original 1999 Matrix. That is the groundbreaking cultural touchstone is I think what Bree said, and I love that term. This is the blue pill version where it's like, it explores what happens if we just brush truth aside and. Fast forward 20 years. What happens if we just keep taking pacifying agents? If we, if we keep just not challenging ourselves, staying in the cage of comfort? And 
this this brings us to okay neo's impotent machines are allies all the things are flipped on the head it's funny they 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 never made a single joke nothing about the first three are funny at all and then there's no there's no plan so there's a lot of things that got resurrected that got changed in the new version that i feel like they flipped a lot of middle fingers to warner brothers with a specific call out to the rabid fans being represented by that nerd guy at the start to the blue pill audience where with the call out at the very end the little speech and dialogue between the analyst and trinity and neo when they come back to negotiate in joking quotes and then there's a real point that i really i, I love and i feel like a few other people i watch it with got where trinity smashes the analyst against the wall at the very end and says that's for using children and i feel like a lot of the anger and the rage has to do with what's going on right now and what we're really dealing with. I feel like this movie reaches through and either gives you a handshake or a high five or a hug saying, okay, keep doing, keep being the bugs in this movie, or it gives you a little wake up call and a slap saying, if you keep taking this, you're going to be a bot. The bots are being activated. And then the last point I want to make is there's only, okay, two things. There's only one point in the whole movie where people are wearing masks and it's on the train. And then that's when it says, oh, the bots are being activated where depending on how far down the rabbit holes we've all dug, potentially a goal is, you know, remote controlled human beings. So the fact that they put that there is interesting. The fact that they touched on entities that would feed off of our fear and negative emotions, which also may be reality to some degree to different people based on our beliefs. That's pretty interesting. And then on a lighthearted note, one thing I picked up on last night, the third time watching it was bugs. I didn't know, you know, it's like bugs like bunny. And she's wearing a shirt with a carrot on it. When Neo first gets awakened after he wakes up, um, the first line Bug says is, what's up, Doc? <laughs> and I didn't catch that the first two times. So there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek, very cute, very funny things that they've done with this that you just would never expect. So they are breaking our expectations, but in a lighthearted way. Where, And then, okay, last, last note is they took something grim and dark and bleak and sharp I made it into a soft, fuzzy love story that's kind of Disney marvelized. And I think they were doing it as like a sarcastic take as well as trying to make it legitimate. So kind of like an FU to Warner Bros. and an FU. They had an after credits scene that was like 10 minutes of credits. And then you see a one minute video. If anyone missed that, check it out. It's, it's funny, but it's not worth. Uh, we were standing at the top of the theater waiting for it to run and not wearing masks and the people at the bottom are just awkwardly staring at us like okay you're gonna go it's 10 minutes and then for this one minute thing and i feel like they're just pranking people who've been conditioned based on marvel movies to wait for the after credit scene and then yeah so it's like if you had your favorite metal band or your favorite very serious very revered story and then they turned it and made it a disney movie but it isn't a disney movie there's a lot of themes beneath the surface but on a surface value if you're just going in to take it for what it looks like at first glance, you might not get what we're talking about here. And anyway, I'll cut it there. Love everyone's take and glad that we're part of the group that actually enjoyed it. Cheers, everyone. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Derek. I love just, uh, again, a lot of themes that you hit upon there. And and even just as we're talking about it here, I'm sure for a lot of us, we're just kind of like seeing it, seeing it with like more detail and more layers to it. One thing that's interesting, like, I guess, like, like, is, is this, is this like does disney own some of this is this partly owned by disney or whatever i'm just trying to figure out i'm like i'm like does this does this no. make me no it's not okay no I'm like, no i'm just saying that as a as an adjective 
just to be okay, yeah, it's very Disneyfied. So I was gonna no. say, I'm just like, I'm like, if so, then that officially makes like Disney, uh, that officially makes like Neo and Trinity like a Disney prince and princess there, you know. So that real close, Kylo Ren and Ray are Disney prince and princess, in case you guys haven't figured that out, but we'll uh maybe go back to that another day. But yeah, I, again, I think this movie is like it's very, it's very peculiar because like it had to be, it had to like adapt to the times, it had to be something in order to be able to exist, and it was interesting because like even uh, the Wachowskis like they didn't want to make this movie like I, I like based on I mean some sources that I've heard like that the, the trilogy had ended and it wasn't until as we even see in the movie that it's like you know Warner Brothers is telling them to make it because there's a cash grab so again it's like okay if we're going to make this how do we make this in a way where it's appeasing like so many different groups it's still something that we can market still something we can deliver but it's something that's like subtle and real enough to be able to reflect back a true message of what's happening within the world at this time and and it's it this movie's trippy man like if you were to like really just like I think going back and watching this movie in like five years from now, we'll just like kind of be like, whoa, like this movie, like the previous was Matrix, was actually trying to like tell us something a little bit deeper than we may have realized. Um, I know Kiwi has his hand up, but Kiwi's away from the computer. So Steven, you had your hand up earlier or anybody else wants to just be able to jump in, feel free. We'll keep an eye on the chat. Uh, we'll go for about maybe like at least another half hour and then we'll see where we are after that. So go ahead, Steven. Yeah. This is kind of going back to something that Craig said, and I think it's probably because I haven't seen the whole thing that, the thing that came came up with regards to you've already made when the oracle says to neo you've already made the choice you just need to understand why you've done it kind of makes me think about the unconscious mind and the conscious because if you've already made the choice but you don't know that's the unconscious part of your of, of you that's kind of made that choice which goes back to what Bree said with regards to the conditionings that we've had throughout our lives that make us make these choices for us un, uh, unconsciously um yeah just a bit of a thought that kind of came up that's kind of stuck with me it was a bit of a kind of aha kind of moment really um i was going to hand it back to keyway but he's just kind of stepped away again uh, oh but yeah just something that i would share absolutely yeah, I, I did. I did really love that scene with um with when they were giving Morpheus the the red pill, blue pill choice, and and again, like I saw it as a very like it, in that moment, it, it was very dreamlike, where it's just like it's not like the pill doesn't do anything, like the pill's just the symbol, the pill's just the mind, the pill's just the choice. So I mean each and every day, every, each and every single day, we have a choice to be able to decide, you know, like how many blue pills and how many red pills are we taking, and 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 honestly, like I think it's kind of like part of the experience especially as we kind of like grow into adults where like there are going to be some times where it's just like man it's like taking the red pill every time can be a little bit exhausting maybe there are some times when we do want to be able to take the blue pill but can we take the blue pill with a conscious intention can we allow ourselves to kind of like indulge into the matrix without getting lost into it and i know derek we've kind of talked about that before where there's like this whole theme of, of the matrix of this society which again we see within the movie where it's just like they they keep us trapped through our fascinations indulge 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 you know given to the sensations given to the the textures and the senses and, and everything that makes this reality so tangible and then you know it's interesting because if you look at um like even even just kind of like you know like this this movie when you start looking at it within like the the cycles of of ancient civilizations and stuff like that and and this idea that you know like we right now like the civilization that we have like based on some teachings they literally say that like this version of civilization that we recognize this is like the fourth or fifth version 
of civilizations that have risen and fallen on Earth already. And they say that within the previous versions, which would have get, again been like, you know, like the Atlantis, Lemuria, Mu, and, and other ones as well, they would say that, you know, like eventually it wasn't just a single cataclysm, cataclysm that brought them to their end. That could have been part of it. But what actually happened is that they would actually get like, they would they would get like sucked they would they would get sucked into the matter of this world they would deepen themselves so much into the matter so much into the entertainment so much into the the sensations and the the you know the paraphernalias or whatever it is and, and then eventually in turn they lose their, their their connection from spirit and that's where again you know especially what we're seeing in the world right now um depending on your perspective i think it's pretty obvious that like the objective by the machines by the analysts by the the power of those uh, who try to have power over us their goal is to literally be able to disconnect us from spirit and to turn us into bots and to turn us into a commodity. So I think, you know, the big theme in this is this idea that like, you know, in this, and this was a theme in the other matrix, where it was like, wait a second, like, are human beings being harvested for our energy, depending on how you look at it? Like, yes, absolutely. From multiple perspectives, both from the very like, physical perspective of like us turning into consumers and stuff like that but then also from the metaphysical perspective where it's like you know a lot of our culture is like being designed so that we give our energy away but again you know i think one of the messages that i think is important to remember is that you know no one can take our energy it can only be given away either consciously or unconsciously and so i think what's happening is that people are being situated right now especially within this world the story that we're seeing into a version of a matrix that is conditioning them to unconsciously give their power away. Those of us who are able to see the situation that we are in and to see the system and to see the moves of the, of the analyst, we have the ability to be able to identify where those places are within the matrix, where they're trying to siphon our energy, and then to be able to make those conscious choices. And then to, again, be able to take that energy and to be able to turn it back inward. So again, you know, with this movie, and, and I'll pass over to Kiwi in a second, I like I, I really love this movie um, with the characters of like Bugs and Bugs's group and Bugs's squad and all those characters and their little crew. And they were like this little like ragtag group of rebels. And honestly, one thing that I was hoping the movie was going to go into more was the was the story of them like in Ion. Like I wanted to see how there was like almost like a matrix within Ion where there was kind of like this like non like there wasn't a full agreement where it's like it's like you know like some of these people want to kind of be able to liberate themselves even from the government within ion as well so you know like it's interesting because we're always we're always trying to liberate ourselves we're always trying to seek freedom and i think that's just a natural part of the human spirit and and again i think this movie carries with it a very very powerful call to action for us as people who grew up watching it as neo to just be able to check in and just be like have you fallen back asleep and if so we're here as a community, we're here as, you know, the Wachowskis literally talking to us and say like, hey, like there's a mission on the clock. We need you, we need you right now, everyone on board and together we can plant those seeds. And again, you know, like going back to the stuff we were already talking about, what Derek was talking about, it's being able to literally like activate people through like the power of love and the power of like compassion and, and all of these things that we've talked about before. Anyways, let's keep passing it around. Kiway, I'll pass it over to you. And uh, we haven't really gotten into the spoiler talk too much with you, Kiway. So as deep as you want to go in any of the esoteric themes as well. So go ahead, Kiway, when you're ready. Okay. Uh, I might have to go. Uh, Matrix might call me in a bit. I completely forgot an appointment that we had here. But um, something that I wanted to mention and I forgot to mention is about the relevance in the Matrix. Is It's funny how it is. When it first came out, I never really heard about the conversation. Are we living in a simulation? or not, but now it's so much more relevant 
interesting conversation. It's worth more of a real question now, especially when the richest person, he might be the richest person, says there's a one in a billion chance we're actually living in based reality. And so many, I've had that conversation so many times more that I never had it before. But that was just about relevance. But to the main points, like um, about the theme of, well, what I think is maybe the biggest point other than re what's really real is the big point of choice. And it seems kind of like um, what's interesting is, well, Bugs kind of, she says uh, the choice is an illusion, right? You already know what you have to do. And Morpheus is kind of like, and then it's interesting to see like the machine, Morpheus, a lot of the times he talks about choices like, oh, it doesn't really seem like a lot of a choice. And it kind of seems like in the world we really live in, it's like maybe a lot of the choices we give isn't really a choice. It's like choices that are choices, but it's not really a choice because it's two choices. You get two choices and both choices aren't really um, a real choice, kind of, so to speak. Uh, it's kind of the illusion of choice. Um, yeah, and yeah, let me see. Uh, outside of that, another theme that I thought was very interesting that I really liked that they had in this, and I would not have known because I didn't know this information before, but um, with like the thought of the connection of Neo Infinity, it speaks to me now that I've read the Tabellion and the Sabermetic Principles where they, the seventh, the last one, they talk about gender and how there's a masculine and feminine and everything. So Neo, the algorithm of the one, it's like the one is actually two in one, a duality. And that duality is needed for us to flourish or operate more cohesively and efficiently. And I just really like that part. Uh, yeah. And one other thing, uh, that I've noticed, been noticing, I've seen a lot more than I noticed in the past because I remember Groundhog Day came and then it was a long, long time. And then, but recently in just the last two years, and this is also, there's this touch gets touched on in the matrix, which was really interesting because I noticed it had been touched on and it's maybe relevant to us as a whole universe uh, organism in on this as the organism of earth, where there's a lot of movies where it's that time loop that we keep getting stuck in. Like there's, uh, there was Palm Springs, there's the episode with Dr. Strange and what if, there's another one, um, Two Distant Strangers and these, it seems to be more and more, more movies with this kind of thought. And it's like, we are like the matrix says, it's we get going into these, happenings in our lives and events in our life that keep on circling and circling and get stuck in these emotions, emotions, and these emotions, emotions, kind of gets us trapped in these emotions, continuing and continuing, and we get addicted to it. And that addiction kind of keeps us on the treadmill or whatnot. But these are just some of the things that I just feel is so good for our consciousness to absorb and bring in and put out. And yeah, I that was really cool, but that's just a couple of things I wanted to mention. Yeah, thank you.
Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Kiwi. And thank you for joining in. And, and if you have to head out early, we'll, we'll catch up with you later. And, and yeah, again, thank you everyone for, for being a part of this discussion. Thank you to those of you in the YouTube chat, seeing a lot of people with uh, continued comments and uh, engagement there as well. Um, again, you know, we'll, we'll move into kind of like the concluding parts of, of the discussion. And, and one thing I, I think just really focusing on like how this movie made us feel because, you know, with this movie, like it was an experience. It wasn't just one of those movies that you watch. It was something that you like felt something that spoke to your heart. And one thing that was kind of interesting with this movie, and then maybe you guys uh, like had a similar experience. Um, the earlier part in the movie, when we really kind of like connects to Neo and it starts like telling his story about how he's a game developer. And then it's like showing him in the office and there's that montage with a Jefferson airplane song. And then it like that segment, there's like a 20 minute segment there where it's like nothing like sort of like sci-fi, like matrixy or anything like that. And it was interesting because I feel like the filmmakers actually did a good job of kind of like bringing us into this, this style of filmmaking that actually like kind of like brought you into the experience of kind of like being in the matrix like like for a period of the movie it felt like I was just watching like some tv show like it felt like I was just watching some tv show about some guy's life and it was just like wait like you know like where is this going like is this like what what is this right and then eventually it kind of like clicks in and then within that it really did a good job of kind of like simulating this whole kind of like awakening process where you kind of got to like be neo in that moment where you become so familiar with kind of like the way things are that you forget what you actually know. Um, so again, you know, the big themes in this is, is the journey of remembering. And that's where, again, on the, on the metaphysical level, that's a big part of what we're doing. And people who are going through their spiritual awakening, I think that's where, you know, it's not just us like telling them what to believe. It's encouraging them to think for themselves and to hold that space and to give them the choice to be able to ask those important questions. You know, what is truth? What is sovereignty? What is freedom to me? Are these my thoughts or are these thoughts that I've been conditioned to believe? And, and so right now, you know, this is a movie that that I think a lot of people within the the general public like they probably won't really get it. Um, I don't know if they'll make another Matrix after this, but I do think it serves as as a meaningful swan song uh, to really just be able to kind of like be that battle cry for for those of us who are continuing to wake up and to give us a little bit of that additional motivation to really just know that you know like the the story of the matrix just as it was important then it's more important now because because all the things of like the the power of the matrix it's becoming like tighter and tighter and tighter but with this it's also propelling us into more and more sovereignty and, and i think sovereignty is such a powerful theme within today's society and, and also again within the the themes of the movie here as well um so let's just kind of move into some general closing thoughts and and just uh, overall like feelings on on you know like what you guys took away from this movie or any other themes that we want to hit upon and then we'll get close to wrapping up in probably about the next like 15 20 minutes um craig do you want to check in on anything or anybody else to go ahead and just raise your hand as we go derek looks like you got your hand up so derek we'll pass over to you and then uh, anybody else after that go for it derek well something quick i was gonna say i feel like the 20 minute segment that was like a soap opera of him just doing banal things in like a coffee shop and doing his day-to-day -day work. I feel like that is, that threw a lot of people off. They're like, what the heck am I watching? And that's, that's kind of what I read in the responses. Also though, this ties back into what we we're talking about where the benefits of the blue pill as a comfort food, as escapism, where in, in small doses, maybe that's what helps digest the red pill. What helps like we go, we can go on deep, dark, like truth dives or, or things, you know, realizing the cold realities in some regards to our life right now and some things that are uncomfortable, unpleasant. Sometimes you need a little bit of just comfort and relaxation and self-care to get, to, to make it all digestible, to process it. 
Uh, and depends on the level of how wholesome is your channel for outlet and for escapism. But I feel like this movie does touch on both the, the benefits and the dangers of staying comfortable. And to that, as a meta point, it actually goes back on the free will is an illusion saying that we actually do have the choice to fail. We do have the choice to take the blue pill. We can explore our shadow and, and let someone else carry us if that's our goal and that not everyone wants to be free. So we, they, they make that point a few times where Shepard, uh, Max from Sense8 says like, sometimes it just feels like the Matrix won, you know? Like, I don't know if things are different and uh, things were simpler then. People wanted to be free in 1999. Like there was less of a push of people being conscious, willing, forgive the term, bots. People weren't consciously choosing, uh, maybe less, I don't know. That, that's what I took away from it. And then again, at the end saying, with the analysts, the architects saying, people don't all want to be, the sheeple aren't going to follow you. And I feel like Neo and Trinity in that end scene represent all of us, which are the meaningful minority right now, movers and shakers rocking the boat and saying, you can make your own world, but don't expect everyone to follow. And they, they, he tries to make it seem like most won't follow, but I feel like the kind of world we're working to create collectively from our hearts and channeling into you know, higher energy to create a paradise of sorts compared to what we're, we have. We're going to win a lot of people over who are on the fence, who aren't bought in one way or the other. We're, we're working for the middle ground. And that also ties back in the last theme for now is that it's everyone's story. This isn't a story just about Neo. It's not a story just about Trinity, Morpheus, and Neo, like Reload and Revolutions. This is a story about bugs, about the ragtag renegades, about the, the sentient machines working as allies, about Smith working together because they all have a collective purpose, realizing that our goal isn't to eliminate the dark or the light but to work with in a kind of dance. So we're actually strengthening and bringing out each other because we can never fully eliminate one or the other. We need each other to exist. One defines the other. And this, I think, is an exploration of the blue pill, the freedom of choice to choose to, to fail temporarily or to let yourself fall even once you've woken up. Hi. Hello. Candice, do you want to add into that? Yeah, I, I will. I was going to say... Yeah, I I totally agree that um, not everybody in the world wants to be free because being free has a sense of responsibility. Like when the movie, when the first movie came out, I mean, people were more free loving loving back then but now it's like especially um with the pandemic right people now are like more um guarded so it takes something to in these days in these times to have people bring down their guard like it it takes it takes work right so actually to like let go of fear and stand in like trust really takes something to just be be in the present 
Very well said. Thank you. Thank you, Candice. And, and, and thank you. Thank you, Derek, as well. And, and, and I'll just hit upon this and I'll pass over to Bri because, you know, there's, there's a couple of themes that we haven't fully explicitly mentioned yet. Um, again, the, the theme of like human and, and sentient AI um, merging to working together, that to me was fascinating. I love the idea of like Morpheus was like a sentient AI consciousness. So it's like, it's expanding this idea of what is consciousness. And we're kind of moving into this, this new era where that's actually going to arise. We're going to start to see versions of, of AI that are going to be so intelligent. And we're going to start looking at them and start questioning whether or not they, they consider, you know, should we recognize them as consciousness? Um, so that's fascinating. And again, obviously, like there's the whole themes with like virtual reality and everything. And what, what again, what Derek was kind of referring to where, yes, at this point, you know, like more people like, like comfort, Comfort is a beautiful thing and we should all be able to experience comfort, but we have to understand that comfort can be weaponized against us. Entertainment can be weaponized against us. It's all a tool. It's how you're using it. And so it's us being aware of who is offering us this tool. You know, what is the actual motive behind Facebook and stuff like that? What do they really want from us? Do they want us to live a more fruitful life or do they want us to just continue to become a pacified consumer? These are the questions we have to ask, but not everyone is. And then the other thing I just want to say real quick, because this is a very, very, very cool theme and it's worth, and it's kind of cool how it shows up in this movie, how a lot of people recognize Neo as the one, but what we actually see within this movie is that the, the concept of the one is kind of a trifecta between Neo, Trinity, and Agent Smith. And so it's this idea that, you know, it's like this dance between all points, you know, it's not just X and Y, it's X, Y, Z. And so with this, you know, we realize that it's like both are propelling the other. So in the same way that what we're experiencing right now, you know, we can look at the reality and, and, and we've kind of, even Derek and I, we've joked about this, where you can kind of like use the archetype of Agent Smith as like an art, as a metaphor for for kind of like what shows up within people whereas you start to awaken they'll start kind of projecting at you and they'll start coming after you and it's like oh that's like agent smith coming through them kind of like the bot kind of like in swarm mode or whatever it was this time um and kind of like wanting you to like to not wake up um but at the same time it is this real journey where it's like yes not every soul is here to fully awaken this lifetime and as candace was saying awakening can be a very uncomfortable thing so how do we uh, again you know through our own example show them that you know awakening is a journey that is worth living and, and it's something that you know can kind of like lead people into a deeper sense of self-realization and uh what, what was the saying over top of the uh, in the oracles uh, in the oracles apartment? Nasate ipsum, know thyself. So this movie is just like the next level of knowing thyself. Um, Brian, let's pass it over to you, and then Craig, and then again we'll just kind of go through. And, and if there's anybody else, we'll make sure we add your thoughts in, and then we'll get close to wrapping it up in the next little bit. But no rush. Go ahead, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, just to speak to um, the point about bots, I found that um, for me that brought to mind um, with social media and how quick everyone, um, particularly platforms like Twitter, just like to leap on topics or people um, to like shame them, to um, sort of overwhelm them. Um, but also, you know, bots in the sense that yeah, actual bots, so they're not real people. Um, they're like little agent provocateurs to disrupt the narrative and, the, and, uh, and, the, and stop the awakening. So I love what you referenced there, um, Brandon. I think for me, uh, similar to what Candice just said, um, it was so powerful and it really reflects my own journey about um, the freedom to, to choose to awaken and that people have to be ready. They have to make that decision for themselves. You can't do it for them. And it was so strong. It's like she's at that point in the film, it's like Trinity's gonna have to decide whether she wants this or not. Um, yeah, and it's like just having that, uh, respecting like natural law, allowing other people to have that free choice um, is so powerful. So I think overarchingly, um, I came away from the film with a sense of hope 
Um, so I felt like there's a really strong message of hope and like a understanding the journey, understanding that the struggle is part of it, the forgetting, the re-remembering. Um, yeah, and then it's all this <laughs> confused, beautiful, painful, uh, very human uh, story that is so old. Um, and it's just being told through this very modern lens. Um, yeah, and then a final point, because I am interested a lot in mental health and the narratives around that. I found the role of uh, Neil Patrick Harris and the constant que questioning and the self-inquiry, but how that could be used to create more confusion for Neo and for him to sort of be taken off the, the trail um, or taken away from his path um, by internalizing what was happening and confusing him. And I think that that's something that, that can happen a lot. The labeling of a spiritual awakening as a mental health crisis and us not really knowing how to manage those conversations within our society and that keeps a lot of people at the point that they could awaken it makes them then asleep again um so yeah so yeah thank you so much awesome thank you Brian. wonderful points craig we'll pass it over to you and, and again anybody else wants to jump in and then we'll get close to wrapping it up that's uh, a good catch on the, the analyst there, Bri, Neil Patrick Harris. Be careful who your psychologist is, you know, if it's just done through sense of uh, and the analytical mind and not integration feeling, it's this really interesting concept. I think that also goes for the environment of people around us too, you know, who we're talking to and, and understanding the reflection of where their consciousness is at and not to be necessarily too deterred because of that, if it doesn't land well with us, such as the reviews for the Matrix movie, right? You know, we take our own opinions from our experience. Um, there was something that Derek was going into with the, um, the, I think it was free choice he was mentioning, something along those lines before. And it was, for me, what I reflected in, in Neo, how he, when Niobe imprisoned him and he just calmly goes along with it. And then when he went to the, the analyst before, giving Trinity the option and he's sat in his chair and he's all the armed officers there. And, and the analyst, he was saying to Neil, why would I let you guys go free? And he was quite angry and aggressive, but he still agreed to the deal anyway. And I was thinking about that point in conjunction with what Niobe was saying with her, just chucking Neil in jail to hold on to what she wanted and the analyst doing the same, but also understanding how powerful Neo is or the free mind is and going, it's better to have that free will on your side rather than always being in battle and resisting it. You know, when the card was played, he was against it and wouldn't follow through anyway because he's the representation of evil in this case. But taking the option to go, if Trinity says no, Neo will stay with us and he will accept it. Much more better to have a subservient mind that will go along with the plan. Hence all the distraction, hence all the keeping us fixed on entertainment. I really, really saw it from that perspective in there. And also, once again, Neil's acceptance for the third time in these difficult situations, which other heroes or characters would um, resist or use uh, an unhealthy masculine to just be aggressive and, and to fight it, accepted the imprisonment, accepted the deal with Neil Patrick Harris. And when Trinity says no, you know, and she turns around and he goes, I understand. And it's like, wow, what a great example of letting life run itself through and you staying true to your cause and accepting Matrix 2 with the Merovingian. Props to Merovingian being in it as well. I loved seeing him in there when he was all in tatters and speaking French. Loved it. Um, but yeah, props to that when about cause and effect. You know, there's a push and there's a result from that. Um, the sentience thing is really interesting. I think with when 
understanding how Neo and Trinity's sacrifice, what it created, that 60 years of peace, and then how Ion was and the changes from Zion into that. And then they were creating the fruit, the fruit and the, the air, they had the humidity and that, all beautiful stuff. But what I really liked was the understanding that the robots who became the sentients would understand, they understood the humans and that's why they came over because of what Neo had done in the simulation of him into Robot City, into the binary city, was they, they understood there was meaning from something else, not just their cold mind. It understood, it came down and understood feeling from the human side. And that to me was just the head and the heart coming together and accepting each other. Then you've got this beautiful flow where we can help each other. We can use technology or we can work with the other. It becomes together as one beautiful thing. And finally, a point on the end scene was the idea when they said, we're going to paint rainbows. You know, Neil Patrick Harris was like, do whatever you want, knock yourselves out, thinking he's got the upper hand in that. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we will do that, actually, because we will show these people what a free mind is, regardless of what you want to do to trap them. We will paint rainbows in the sky to show what a free mind can do. Whether they awake to it or not, they'll always know that we're always giving you the option. We're always giving you the choice to go, wow, I might paint a rainbow today. I might open my heart up. I might share who I am. I might get involved with these things. Even if you've got the people opposing, that's wrong. Don't want to see that. It shouldn't happen. They're, they're, they're still going to paint the rainbows. Absolutely. Every single day, man, painting rainbows. And, and that's, again, where with this movie, like this, just as the other Matrix was, like this is a call to action. And, and again, I think the call to action is like, you know, like being able to, to kind of like find that balance between heart and mind, find that balance between kind of like the, 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 the Neo, the Trinity and the Agent Smith kind of within us all. And again, you know, really to be able to continue to live as our authentic self. And in the process of doing that, like that is like, we become the glitch in the Matrix. Like literally like, you know, nowadays, if you just kind of like, the, the concept of doing free hugs like that was something I used to do quite frequently and I hope to be able to kind of get back more into the routine of it in the future but even today if you were to see someone doing free hugs on the street corner you know you would have half the people that would just be like be like this person is absolutely crazy but then out of that they would at least take that seed home and just be like wait a second you know it's just like like why do I have such resistance to that and is there a part of me that actually wants to be able to be a part of that so we're kind of in this culture where you know for most people rather than trying to understand something it's easier for them to just be able to project why they they don't need to understand something and just to kind of demonize it and put it off to the side and push it away from them. Um, but again, you know, it, it's all about being able to see the self. And, and so when you are being your authentic self as an artist, as a singer, as a creator, as a space holder, as a paradigm shifter, all the things that we help do within the communities that we are creating here online and in person, it literally gives other people the permission to be able to start to connect more with their calling within them heart, their remembrance within themselves, and to be able to kind of like break free out of their own matrix of routine that isn't really serving them. If you were to literally just do what society tells you to do, like you would not fulfill your your like life passions and your destiny. You just continue to kind of like pay bills and live in this cycle where things aren't never really kind of like moving forward. So that's where, again, you know, for us, much as it was for like Neo and especially with Trinity, the only thing that's going to break us out of the matrix is our individual will. And, and that's where it goes back to the choice. No one's going to break us out of the matrix for us. Like they will show us the option much as like what Morpheus has done ever since the first one, you know, he's like, he's not here to make the choice for you. He's here to show you the choice that can be made. So by us living as our authentic selves and living in the colorful ways where we paint rainbows in the sky metaphorically through our presence, 
it literally gives people the option to be able to know that there uh, there is another way and that in itself is a very very powerful uh, again call to action that we get to be a part of so it's like will there be another matrix movie it's like we are the sequel like we are the continuation we are the light worker we are bugs some of us are trinity and neo um so yeah it's very very cool all right let's get close to wrapping this up uh yelena i can see your mic's open do you want to jump in feel free yeah. um just look what you were saying then like uh that's kind of how I left um, feeling about the film, just like what, what is going to happen? Like even when I was watching the film, there was people in the cinema wearing face masks and I'm thinking that the comfortability is so strong. I don't know, I think I'm a bit of a pessimist, but like the comfortability is so strong within us that I don't know if we're going to do it. I don't, I think there's going to be another Matrix. <laughs> I think, I think, I think in part with that, I think, again, it's kind of understanding that it's going to be a bit of both, but if anything, I would say like, let's create ion, you know, like, um, let's, let's focus on creating that new, that new earth, the new paradise, the new spaces. And, and that happens not just in like one physical space. It happens in our individual connections. Like this right here, this is ion, like us having this discussion and, and talking about the story we want to live. Like this is the new version of a matrix that we can create in our image. Right. So the matrix, the, the concept of a matrix or the matrix, you know, people, especially even just through TikTok, people think it's like, Oh, you got to break free from the matrix. And they kind of associate the matrix with a negative connotation. It's like, why don't we create a matrix that serves us? Why don't we create a good relationship going back to what I was talking about with the matrix being the womb, the matrix literally being the closest thing between us and the divine mother, the matriarch. So can we develop a new relationship between ourselves and this reality that we're in that will continue to birth us in meaningful ways, opposed to just keeping us <clears throat> in prison, so to speak. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's kind of one way to, to think about it. But I think, I think it's totally fine to be pessimistic because being pessimistic is also us seeing from a place of love to be able to say, this isn't what I want. But then it continues the conversation to say, well, what do I want? And then that's where we get to direct our focus towards. So, but yeah, it's valid. Though. Go for it. Yeah. On an individual, um, on an individual basis, because when I think about the matrix and the systems that I work through and how I understand how each different thing is suppressing me, even down to like the food that I eat, um, I feel that I end up going in these cycles because what it would require for, for me to sacrifice. I'm not prepared to do in a way like it would it would require me to completely cut myself off from the society that I'm currently involved with and then then I go around and I'm like well then am I still asleep because I know that there are people doing that around the world so I don't know I don't know yeah. that's just me projecting some confusion <laughs> totally and and it, like i think it, that that exists within all of us because right now i think for all of us like we're kind of in this place where like we're in both worlds like we we, we want to be in one world but we're still in this world so it's like how do we kind of exist within both where it's like we live amongst the bots but we're like awakened on the inside and then again i think it's just being conscious to to kind of like find the others and then to like allow the the rabbit to kind of lead us to those meaningful synchronicities and to trust that you know the universe is kind of like like it's moving us towards something so i think again just having our, our conversations like this is is really important because i think at the end of the day like what we want to be able to do we want to have those like check-in points where we we were able to say it's like where where am i in relationship to my heart maybe i haven't done anything recently that's kind of been nurturing that and then you kind of get sucked into the the old matrix and so having these conversations like that's the new matrix it's, it's being in the heart space so i think 
through the process of us just coming together as community, like the solutions like arise out of that, even if we don't know fully what it is that, that it's going to look like just yet. But um, this is a good place to just kind of have those first steps. And, and I know between what Craig and, and Brian and, and myself, like we got some awesome community stuff. So again, you know, as long as we're connecting through that, I think we'll find our way. So, yeah. I, I was going to say that. Um, Go for it, Candace. That part about Neil Patrick. Harris being the therapist, like when um, you're first watching the movie, he seems like so nice and together, but further down the movie, it's like he becomes this villain, right? Like he, he mixes in with the war and it's just like, I thought that was so, so interesting because the, 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 it's so true to life. And so getting to the life and the matrix, I mean, we are in our own matrix every day and we, each of us are creating our matrix to live in. And um, it's just interesting to take uh, yourself on a new level of responsibility. And I do think in another century or our um, decade, there will be a, there will be um, another Matrix movie, but it will be for the <laughs> the fifth generation down, because I think it'd be cool to create a, another movie back then, because um, then, because the world will be in such a different place. Just, and um, no, just, just give me a sec. And so, um, so yeah, I just think the, the world, um, it is going to be in a whole, different place and I want to say that I know the brothers that created the um the movies themselves like because they went through like stuff like I haven't met them personally but I understand the logic behind the matrix like the actual movie like how the movie got created so um but then again i'm really fascinated with c conscious and human connection <laughs> absolutely Thank you. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Candace. Beautiful, beautifully said there. And 
And yeah, again, I know there's a lot for us to be able to talk about. And, and again, with this broadcast kind of moving towards an end in a bit, we're going to go around just with some closing thoughts. Um, but we continue to like encourage you to continue to have these conversations. And, and absolutely, again, you know, like there are many layers of matrices, matrices that, that we exist within, you know, there's kind of like this higher dimensional thing. And then it's kind of like Russian dolls that kind of exist. Um, so it's important for us to be conscious enough of the fact that when we, when we are in matrices and are we willingly putting ourselves within these, or are we unconsciously finding ourselves taking part in them? And, and, and I did think that again, you know, with the Neil Patrick Harris character, with a lot of the matrix movies, again, it was kind of like, it was almost like giving us a heads up for almost kind of like a warning sign or at least a metaphor where even with Neil Patrick Harris thing, it's just like, remember like the good guys or sorry, the bad guys will often pretend to be good guys. Like that's how they get you. Like the people that are like, it's just like the most dangerous words in, in all of like history of the human race in terms of governments and people is it's for your safety. So keep that in mind. Or, you know, it's like, it's for your health. It's for like, we're doing this to protect you sort of thing. So again, it's not to say that it's always going to be true or untrue, but it's important for us to be able to question authority, question authority, question authority. Because again, without that, that's where we kind of fall into the complacency. And then we just get swept up and then we're just living in somebody else's matrix instead of creating our own unique relationship to the matrix. So let's go around just one more time with some closing thoughts. Um, Craig, and, and, and I know Brian, Derek, you guys have been posting into the Zoom chat. Anything you want to summarize there? Um, Craig, how about we pass over to you and then maybe from there, either Brian or Derek, and then we'll get close to wrapping it up. So go ahead, Craig. Yeah, big thank you to everyone for joining in the conversation. I've, uh, I've got a whole other page of notes here from listening to you all. So thank you so much for sharing the ideas. And Brendan, thank you for the idea of linking up and doing this together, man. It's been beautiful. We'll uh, definitely get some more of these going in the future. Um, there's so many, so many other things to go into with this matrix as well. It, it might call for another one on its own, but yeah, amazing, amazing to link up to other people, other minds. And as uh, Yelena's saying in, in the group, like even just seeing when we're confused or when we're down and uh, for myself, when that happens, it's knowing what will pick me up. And the biggest thing for me is connecting from the heart and getting involved with these kind of communities and people who are helping to expand and paint the rainbows. And Brendan, you've got such a great open capacity with whatever opinion somebody's coming in from to help support that. So much love to you, man. And thank you all for this conversation and absolutely incredible. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you as well, Craig. And thanks for bringing all together all these awesome, uh, amazing people. And um, was it you that were leaving the comment in the chat about like the three different types of yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just hit upon that what you wrote in the chat because I think that's worth mentioning. Yeah, just saying the three different kinds of people. It's always that that part in the, the first Matrix when Morpheus is walking him through the simulation, and you get the famous, "Were you listening to me, Neo?" You staring at the girl in the red dress, and he's just walking through normal people. It turns around, there's an agent with a gun, and it's like you've got Morpheus and Neo, one kind of person, the person who's awake the person who's looking to expand consciousness, the light workers, the person who's looking to heal or who is authentically themselves and not hindered by chains of the agents um, or the people who are sleeping and going in the day to day. You know, everybody's in walking in one direction in that scene and they're all going to work and he's swimming up tide and it's going there, neither here nor there, that, that person number two, they're just not yet aware of what's occurring. Um, and then number three, being the agents or the Smiths, and you guys were saying it very well before, is if you challenge somebody and it's breaking their paradigm a little bit or changing their mind, that third kind of person can turn into the Smith and try and hold you back in because they don't want that world changed. They want to keep you in their world or their vision of you. So you keep the image of them that they have. And it's noticing these and going, what kind of people 
do I want to be around? Um, this, this influence in positive change in myself, because when we get solid and get stuck, that's the ego. Joseph Campbell talks about so well, the, the hero with a thousand faces, the, the creator of the hero's journey and seeing that the ego will take us down and make us solid and stiff. So when we're either in that sad time or we're in confusion, it's great because something's shaking and it's like, where do I want to be? And how do I get to something that serves me better on a positive scale? And it tends to be out through lighter work and lighter self-understanding and connection. And it's such a beautiful thing. And yeah, understanding those three, three different kinds of people is uh, just another variation of a map that we can use. Very cool. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Um, again, there's, there's like a couple other things that maybe we can just like sprinkle in before we get close to wrapping it up. One thing that I found interesting, uh, Trinity's name with, within the period where she was kind of like this other version of herself was Tiffany. Um, the meaning of the name Tiffany, uh, very intentionally chosen, uh, the meaning of the word Tiffany, the name Tiffany is manifestation of God or appearance of God. So, so again, even then it was kind of like God disguised as something else you know? And, and, and so I think that's, that's us, right? Like, it's like, we're divinity disguised as just like, oh, we're just like regular people. And it's kind of, it, it, it's once you see it through a different lens that you kind of like realize what it is that you're looking at. And that's where, again, you know, much like what, what Neo experienced in the first movie, it's this whole idea of kind of awakening to the Buddha nature and realizing it's just like, oh, okay. Like there's like a God within that other person as much as there is within me. And it's all one bigger connection of God. Um, so there, there was that theme. And, and honestly, I think like if, if anybody here, you know, maybe just kind of like wrapping up, if you guys want to share, like, what was your favorite scene? I do think that kind of like that scene where like, that end scene where where trinity kind of like really wakes up um that was really cool because i think with that one it kind of went in a place that the matrix hadn't really gone before where it really like presented the the concept of the matrix as being like a dream space like it was really weird i was i was like wait a second is this supposed to be kind of like the same server as the matrix or is this like a dream within the matrix so there's kind of like more layers that we hadn't fully seen before and that was even like hit upon earlier um but i did really like kind of like the very dream like themes and again you know if if you come back for, for, for some of our dream discussions that we do here within the community. I know there are a lot of people and they talk about these experiences within dreams where when you start to become lucid, these like NPCs, these non-playable characters, these bots will literally try to like enclose in on you and it'll be like, don't wake up, don't wake up, don't wake up. So even for like Lacey, my girlfriend, when she was watching that, she was like, holy shit, like I've been in a dream that had like this happened to me like in a dream. So again, I think it was like tapping into like a deep kind of like archetypal uh, narrative of that, that we're all kind of like living out in our own way but i did really like um the the experience of trinity waking up there because it felt like very visceral like like i think uh, carrie ann moss did a really great job and and even carrie ann moss and neo like both of them are quite conscious people so it was like they were it was weird because like, even in the movie, like there was parts of their real self in the movie, you know, like, like Trinity, like the Carrie Ann Moss, she's a mother, like that's who she was. And, and Neo is like, he's very much like this wounded individual. Again, and a lot of you like may not know this, most of the mainstream doesn't know this, like back during the original filmings of the matrix um, in 2001, like Neo's original wife passed away um, as well as a young child close to birth. And then so like Keanu Reeves, like he is this like kind of like very like wounded person person that has carried this energy with them and yet over the past 20 years especially now we actually get to be able to see him going through his own resurrection into a new place of rebirth through his own story 
And now um, I was happy to hear this. Like Keanu Reeves is actually in like a relationship with this like new like artist woman um, who is totally like his vibe and they look like super cute together and everything. And she's like an art person. Like, I, I don't know, I forget what they do. Um, but it, but it, even within that, like, I think you can kind of tell within the movie, it's just like, yes, this is a movie about Neo and Trinity, but it's also a movie about like Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss as much as it is about us. So it's like, where does the movie end and real life begin? And I think those lines are intentionally blurred. Um, but if anything, it just makes the movie feel even more real. And, and I think, again, kind of like Sense8, this movie felt like very real. Um, and, and to some that kind of probably like weighed against it. But if anything, I think it added even more heart to it. This movie definitely had uh, a lot of heart to it, I would say. But anyways, um, any other final closing notes? Bri, I'll pass it over to you and then Derek will pass it over to you and then anybody else. And then we'll be uh, pretty much done for today with some closing notes from Craig. Go ahead, Bri. Thank you. I now have so much more respect for the name Tiffany. So thank you. That's such an amazing um, fact. And yeah, I love the point about the you know, we're all divinity individuated um, and how through just recognizing that on our journey, we can be judging and criticizing others and we sort of dehumanize them. And that's a lot of what's happening at the moment as well. So I think it's an invitation to remember our humanity. Um, and just to speak to the uh, maybe sense of disillusionment that can happen if we're feeling this struggle of like, oh, the matrix is winning. I love this expression, the um, in the world, but not of it. So being like an active participant in your life to try to make conscious choices, do the best you can, but we're here to experience the world what everyone's on their own journey. We can't know their path and what's right for them. So it's this like deeper trust in yourself and in your own experiences. Um, and just, yeah, knowing that we don't have to necessarily fight all the systems that are here so much as creating your own reality as in making conscious choices every day and every moment um and whatever exists around us that's like the old matrix that's old code it's everyone else's co-creations mingled in together so we have a choice about what we want to bring into this world so instead of fighting like the old existing realities it's like bringing in new ones and having that that faith and trust so and that final point about, oh, sorry, that final, towards the end, the scene with Trinity, um, looking at the birds, like in that soft, like liminal space and the, the flock of birds, like glimmering with code. Like I just relate to that because <laughs> just like observing nature and just feeling in love then with this matrix, like and really admiring it for its beauty and what a privilege it is to be here. So rather than feeling trapped by it, can we like marvel at the wonder of it and be so grateful for the awareness that we're in it and we forget and then we remember and try and step back again. So yeah, thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Bri. Very well said. Uh, thank you again, everyone. So much wonderful insight for this conversation. Um, Kiwe, we'll pass over to you and then we'll pass over to Derek. And then uh, again, if anybody else had any other closing thoughts, and then um, Craig will finish it off there. So go ahead, Kiwe. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of themes that it's pretty kind of tough to say which one I kind of like. I like so just walking through just the overwhelming all of the like squat team around and going through and seeing how could he ever really get out of that because they're all surrounded all guns and then and then just the wowing of that scene was really intense and then the Mary Vincian that I that was all my that was like my, my favorite in that room that was one of my favorite scenes ever so just to have them that was really cool uh, but I have to say I think just the maybe the simplicity of when at the end, when they just jumped off 
the roof after he's formed the the grenade, the launch the rocket away and then hit the helicopter and then they jumped off the roof and then he says, I'm not doing this. Are you doing this? And it's just that leap of faith again of like either die or do it. And they did it. And it was pretty cool, I think a little bit too, too is because really cool is the Wachowski, uh, yeah, the Wachowski from, she went from Larry to Lena, and then at the end, it goes from Neil holding Trinity up to Trinity holding Neil up. And when they're falling, Trinity has a face of real focus, and uh, Neil is kind of more of a face of a little bit of worry, like, oh, are we going to do this type of thing? And that, I, so I think that would be my favorite scene. But yeah, thank you so much for this space to be able to have this great mind-enriching, expanding conversation. And thank you again. Awesome. Thank you, Kiwi. Yeah, again, I love any of these discussions where we're talking about movies. I love just geeking out over it and being able to share in the excitement. Like this movie, like it came up quick, man. Like it was one of those things where I remember like literally like I we were doing like another discussion talking about the Matrix and then the trailer came out the day after. We were like, whoa, we're synced up. And then suddenly flash forward and here we are. And, and the fact that this was released like on the solstice as well, there's a lot of energies here. So again, you know, it's like, how do we carry this with us? How do we carry this inspiration with us? Um, that's exactly what we're doing. Talking about and really realizing the applicability of it to, to the world that we're in as well. It's not just a movie. It's like a code to, to awaken us to, to the journey and the mission that we're on. Um, Derek, I'll pass over to you and then uh, we'll, we'll go to Craig and then we'll be done for, for the day. So Derek, any closing thoughts and anything else you want to share? Go for it, dude. Yeah, I uh, love what you said, uh, Bri, not Bri, sorry. I love the free will touch. And I kind of want to hit on that because it ties in two things. One is the very end of Revolutions where Neo continually has fought Agent Smith over and over again and just leads to a zero sum equation nothing's gained they just end up back where they started and they they also had that in the neo smith fight in resurrections where basically they they countered each other they canceled each other out so agent smith asked him why do you persist mr anderson he says because i choose to and that also implies that when he gives in it is still his free choice to embrace it and say you know what? i'm done with the fighting and so to what bry was saying we can feel trapped and feel imprisoned by this reality or we can choose to embrace it choose to find the beauty in it choose to find the lessons and the growth and the, the, the development appreciate the little bits of the glimmers of light that peek through the cracks which are getting bigger every day with every conscious conversation just like this and then that also ties into i love it. there's a theme in the first in this one about how they can't force trinity to wake up they have to respect her free will and that to wake up on an unconscious mind when it's not ready can be disastrous and they've that goes back to the first movie. Um, and that Neo, usually they would wake kids up. They wouldn't wake a fully grown adult in the first Matrix. Um, this, so when, and then thinking, oh, Neo was wrong, exploring the possibility of failing and the fear of failure. And now, you know, they can't force it. And, and Craig talked on uh, surrender. And I think there's a lot of good examples of surrender in this, of Neo accepting the imprisonment from Niobe, Neo accepting the, the wager with the analyst. And then Neo accepting Trinity's answer within the wager saying, okay, I guess it was wrong. I'm still going to respect your free will. And then this, I just want to take it to a deep cut for anyone who's seen the Animatrix. I'm a big, big fan of that as well. And I feel like it, it has some really cool metaphysical ponderings. One of them, and my, one of my favorite is the Matriculated, which is the last one. And they're trying to 
win over machines or the sentience and get them to become friends, basically trying to harmonize with our creation, our own creation, and win it back to our side. And there's the point of, I'm just going to read some quotes and then touch on it and leave it. Um, so do you think we ought to reprogram it? One says, no, we can't make slaves of them. Yes, machines are tools. They're made to be used. It's in their nature. But we basically, they have to choose on their own. So they, they decide that they're not going to force the machine to wake up in the same way that they're not going to force Trinity to wake up. They have to get it to come to them on their own, kind of like with an animal too, and the bonding that you get with a wild animal or domesticating a pet. It's like, you don't want to be an authoritarian dictator. You don't want to force them to do anything because you can't force love. Love has to be natural, organic, free flowing. So I really, I'm biased in the belief that we are in a free will universe. And I think the evidence for that is there's so many people choosing dark and that it's not a bad choice. It's this is the free will, anything goes playground of the universe. We are here to explore all aspects of self so that many lessons can be learned. And so respecting others' free will is paramount because that's their gift to exist in this realm. And touching on the government mandates, trying to help look out for our best interests and plan our health programs for the you know next few years. That's they're still not violating our free will and they know better because that is a universal law violation, but they can offer and impose and insist and use all sorts of coercion to try and convince us to, you know, take the blue pill, take their solution and then try and convince us that in a quantum reality with infinite parallel possibilities, there is only one solution, which I think is a pretty awesome joke, but it's up to us. We still have to choose to give them that power. And it then becomes our choice to take it back. And I think this movie talks about what happens if we do give away our power and what the process looks like in taking it back. And I just wanted to make that connection between the animatrix, the matriculated last episode where they're trying to befriend a machine and Trinity where they, they all agree that they can't force her to wake up. They have to let her choose for herself. That's it. Much love, everyone. Go. Thank you. Thank you, Derek, again, as well. And, and, and yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, like for us, as, as those of us as like conscious creators and space holders and leaders, like that's very true to, to what it is that we do. You know, it's like we create the space for people to be able to, to feel safe so that they can naturally unfold through their awakening process. Um, again, a lot of the work that, that Brian and Craig do with their, their breath work. And again, I encourage you guys to make sure you're connected with them if you're not already yet. Again, like with them, it's like, it's like they're just facilitating the process. And then the awakening is something that's happening on a personal level. It's realizing, it's helping people realize that they already have like everything they need already inside of them. So yeah, so many beautiful, powerful themes within this movie. And I know a lot of people, if you're just kind of like, ooh, you're like, you know, feeling like you want more, um, go watch the Animatrix if somehow you missed that as well. Um, and I would literally just say like, go watch Sense8. Like Sense8 like really carries with it some very, very powerful themes as well um, that definitely relate back into the overall message of, of the Matrix and get into some pretty deep metaphysical stuff. I kind of feel like I'm inspired on some way. I'm just like, I'm like, huh, like, like maybe I'll just like make a series of TikTok videos that will be like the unofficial sequel to the Matrix and it'll just be like us as characters. I don't know, I could get goofy with it. Stay tuned, I kind of, I'm like, I I got some ideas clicking around there or something like that. I could see that being fun. Um, but yes, Derek, thank you again. Craig, thank you again. Bri, Candice, Kiwe, Yelena, uh, Steven, everybody who was here earlier, everybody in the chat. Um, Bri, did you want to reply to anything? I know you guys are chatting in the chat or anything like that. Is there anybody else just before I pass over to Craig and then we'll pretty much be done? 
good for there. Okay, cool. So yeah, just wrapping it up here. This has been an awesome conversation. Obviously, there's probably a lot of stuff that we didn't hit upon. But again, you know, for those of you who are here, go watch it and then go watch it again in six months and, and allow yourself to really just be able to, to receive the, the heart that has been put into this movie. I think, you know, it's clear that the Wachowskis like they care, they care about the viewer, they care about the intelligence of the viewer. And they made this movie not just to like make money, they made it to be able to like, help show us a way and, and to help be able to spark something with inside of us. And, and the matrix in itself has always been a blueprint uh, for our own hero's journey as well. So um, Craig, I'll pass it over to you and any closing, closing notes, closing gratitude, and then we'll be done for the day. Thank you, man. Much love um, to tap onto what Derek was saying there about the animatrix. Uh, yeah. Some great stories in that. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, you get to see the war of how it occurred um, against the, the robots and why that all happened. That's a really great story. Also, the graphic novel. Um, I'm not sure if you've, you've read that, Derek. There's a great story in that about somebody has to be pulled in the Matrix to fight off a UFO, it, uh, pulled out the Matrix to fight a UFO that's attacking. It was a great story. And some of them are real, real in-depth and uh, very interesting as well. Um, my closing thought on the conversation was about the power and how the power is taken or what Bryce said in the comments. Um, let me read it out. Da -da -da -da. I think it was about taking the blue pill, if I can see it. Oh, if I go skip past it. Oh, there it is. If we believe there's no free will, we will straight away give our power away. And power can be seen as a bit of a dirty word currently. And it seemed that if power is maybe linked to authority or it's linked to something that people have and it's abused. And that is also a misguiding when uh, I think it was yourself, Brendan, you were talking about how we're distracted away from it. And we're told that it's we should just go with what we're given and not think for ourselves and that's what we do with power as well and it's seen the power is in every single choice that we do and every single choice that we make and it's it's a sovereign right and it's something that we should invest in within ourselves and whatever our blocks are to that it's up on us to remove them and not sort of point the finger at family or society around us because that's when we're still stuck in the matrix and placing blame and not taking it to to own ourselves and the responsibility which comes with liberation into that beautiful glorious freedom that's just waiting for us to then accept everything and make these wonderful choices like neo was doing accepting the imprisonment accepting the the, the wager and the deal and accepting trinity's response and that power in what derek was saying the submission it's still a very powerful thing to choose that because it's conscious so really beautiful beautiful topics and on top of that myself and Bryony, we run retreats we've got one called create your own reality very topical to what we're talking about, understanding the mind and what is within our heads, what's been conditioned, what we can, how we can free ourselves, what it means to be with community that can do that and, and practices such as the breath work, cold water, clean eating, things that, things that will help the whole narrative and the whole being. So if anyone has any interest, please do feel to get in touch with myself or Brendan and he can pass the details on. And closing, thank you all so much. It's been incredible. It's so wonderful to open up the heart and connect to people who feel the exact same about this and hear these other ideas. So from to everyone, Derek, Candice, Brendan, Bragg, Yelena, everybody who was in here before. Thank you all so much. Beautiful, beautiful people. It's been incredible. Really been buzzing for this. So thank you for, for sharing the joy with me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Yelena, did you want to add in anything? Any closing gratitude or anything? Well, I'm just going to say bye. <laughs> Bye. It's been so awesome. I love it. I've been having a good time I love, too. I love the Matrix.
I know I'm gonna I, I definitely want to go back and watch it again and just kind of like absorb it all in it definitely takes a few viewings so um, thank you again everyone so much for, for joining in for being a part of this discussion uh, we will include the links for, for the creators featured uh, again in particular Craig and Bry so if you guys want to be able to connect with them uh, be sure to follow them on their Instagram we'll link that into the show notes uh, on the YouTube as well so you can find it there no problem and again if you guys are not already connected with the paradigm shift central community that's what I facilitate we've got a discord server feel free to connect there. We also have a Patreon membership, which is an $11 monthly membership. And with that, we have exclusive member events, uh, including our spiritual seeker support circles, as well as our conscious creator support circles, our dream discussion circles, and lots of other cool things coming up along the way. So yeah, between all the awesome people that we've had here today, there's been so much wisdom shared. And uh, one other thing I'll just share when we were talking about like, oh, go watch Sensei, go watch, uh, you know, like any of the Wachowskis, like again, Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending, and V for Vendetta. Don't forget about V for Vendetta. So V for Vendetta. Oh. Oh, these totally, that is awesome right it's, it rocks yeah absolutely it's a that was matrix back then but before matrix even became born b for bandado was the very first egg very much so yeah, the Wachowskis knew what they were doing with that one too. So I mean, yeah, you can look at like all of those movies as being part of the same family of, of the overall message that, again, it's leading us towards the sovereignty. So yeah, absolutely. So cool, cool, cool. Um, Candace, any closing gratitude just before we wrap it up? If you just wanted to say thank you and we'll... Yeah, I just want to say that um, it was great to um, be part of this uh creation of like just um looking at the matrix in different um cubes and taking it it, uh, like taking it apart and just like really looking at it for what what life is truly is you know Absolutely. So yeah, thank yeah, you. That's me. Thank you, thank you, Candace. And and yeah, again, you know, like a, a conversation like this, like it's like, man, somebody go go tweet go tweet the Wachowskis and let them know that we did this podcast because I'm sure like this like we're the people that are like they're like this these these are the people that again you know it's like it's like we want to be able to to hear the discussions and and again you know i i don't want to say like oh the film was for us but it was definitely it was it was was something that we knew we could celebrate together but again it was a film for everyone just as the story is for everyone so uh with that said we're concluding this discussion. So thank you again, each and every single one of you for being a part of this. Go continue the discussion on your own with your friends. Ask them about the matrix. Use the matrix as a catalyst to start ha- opening up bigger dialogue about metaphysical um, themes. And, uh, and, and yeah, and we'll, be, and we'll be back here again with more events between, uh, between any of the creators that we've had on air here. And we look forward to being able to have you t- tune in for the future. So all the links you need are in the info for this video on YouTube, Paradigm Shift Radio on Spotify if you want to listen there. And uh, yeah, feel free, everyone here, just uh, unmute your microphone and we'll just say farewell and until next time. So keep waking up within the matrix. Bye guys, bye guys. You can say bye. <laughs> bye, guys. bye. bye guys. Thank bye. you. Thanks again, everyone. Thank Much you. love. Take the red pill. Bye.